This is Radio Free Galaxy. It's time to go. This is the Space Age, and we are here to go. Welcome to Radio Free Galaxy. I'm Travis Lee. Uh, we're talking about The Mandalorian again this week, and <laughs> what a fucking awesome episode this was. And when I'm watching this episode, one thing kept coming to my mind, that this is the most Adam episode <laughs> of <laughs> anything Star Wars that I've ever freaking seen before in my life maybe you can tell me i'm wrong but i'm watching this and it's fucking empire it's got (laughs) fucking boba fett it's got fucking the mandalorian yeah yeah so adam let me introduce you adam (laughs) you know whatever i dude i can't wait to talk i'm sorry i just can't wait to talk to you about this fucking episode i'm sorry if i'm fucking getting flustered or wondering what the fuck to talk about first because we're out of order it's okay yeah so dude uh, we're going to get into it super, super hard, uh, but also joining us is someone else, uh, Christine, you know her from the other episodes that are non-Star Wars related, but she's a big-ass Star Wars fan too, so joining us is Teen. Thanks for being on the Mandalorian episode, dude. Well, thank you, have, thank you so much for having me on, Travis. It's great. I get to talk about one of my ma- most favorite fandoms and with my two favorite fellas, so... Yeah. If, if there's any doubt in how much of a fan Christine is about Star Wars, dude, she was like, I don't know who was having the best time at Celebration, me, Travis, or Team, but Team, like, the <laughs> entire time was like, dude, if she was a cat, her tail would have been, like, poofed out, like, eight million times bigger than normal, yeah. her eyes would have been big black holes of, like, taking it all in. It was like, wait, what's that? What's that? Hey, look, there's more, man- <laughs> there's more like, Star Wars Mando princesses over there. Wait, wait, hold on, there's there's... There's somebody's Jeff dressed up like a tweet. Like, hold on, there's somebody over there. Like, I'm surprised yes. you didn't fill up your fucking phone. Like, you should just yeah. put it on video and just been done with it. Yeah, oh, so. I shut up, man. All three of us went to Celebration uh, Chicago last year together. And, uh, you know, now, now that we went and uh, we didn't actually stay for or go to the, I think it was either a Sunday or the Monday panel that they did the Mandalorian. Yeah, man, it really sucks that we didn't oh, make it. Oh, I'm to kicking that. myself for us not going there. Like, oh, it would have been so cool. I know. We were there for the um, Emperor I reveal. Made you guys camp out. I'm yeah. just gonna say it. So I don't know. <laughs> it was it was a lot of fun, and it sucks that we didn't get to go to one this year. Mm. Uh, it was in Anaheim this year. That would have been. 
kind of that would have been the best yeah. oh dude because so. then we could have gone to like um the star wars like theme park uh portion of disney i know yeah i know it would be oh. really fucking cool but it'll it'll come back it'll come back we'll we'll get there eventually and uh be able to celebrate our star wars geekdom with the rest of you in person uh one day but right now we have to talk about this this episode yes uh, chapter 14 of the mandalorian and we've only got two more left in this fucking season and that sucks oh, <laughs> it's it horrible man. news i hate that so much i don't want to think about it i know and uh i i thought nothing could top last week's episode but uh, this one, and it's titled The Tragedy, and right away when you, when you hear that, I mean... Dude, this is the Empire Strikes Back of episodes, I think. It really is. It has that vibe all over it, man. It has that vibe all over it. And I fucking loved it, man. I don't, I don't know about you guys. I, Adam, first, dude, you know, I, is, I was talking is... about this is the most Adam thing in, in terms dude, of the <laughs> Star Wars fandom that I've ever so seen. Adam. The only thing that was left out was like the crimson guard but like <laughs> but don't wait you shit in it there's like stuff that like nor like has not actually been canon yet yeah and like dude but it's such a star wars episode because it's it's got like all the components that one of the movies has you know it, it's yeah. more complete than all the other episodes and in, in that like i mean you got the fighting you got the drama yeah. um there's no under understated like weird fucking you know incestuous love story in the, in the <laughs> first two episodes that we got to see growing up in episode yeah. four and five which yeah. is fine because you know that was kind of a that was a pretty cool like reveal in terms of like the original movies but this one it's just like i don't know man um there is a, like and i had to play it back just because yeah. i was like did i just nah couldn't have been there is a nod to, to star trek in this episode where where's that if you guys caught it so when um, <laughs> when Gideon's on say... the bridge, when Gideon's on the bridge, if you listen really closely, you uh-huh. can hear the impulse engine sound. That really? little like that pinging oh. from Star Wars. It's yeah. so faint. Really? I listened to it a second time, and I was like, "Did they? Nah, they could. They did. It's oh, in there." Wild. Yeah, Wasn't getting into Star Trek fan? Who knew? Did did Robert Rodriguez, who you know directed this episode, and like I I had heard he was. I had heard he was doing an episode this season, but, like, all it takes is you to get, like, five minutes into this episode, and that's all I could think about. And then when I saw the credits at the end, I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yes. uh, yeah, this yes. is clearly, it, it has his feel all over it. But um, wasn't he tapped to do, like, a, a Star Trek movie or something? Or I, I, He might have been. He might have actually, like, I think he might have been. Oh, maybe I don't he know. turned it down. Maybe maybe know, he worked. Like, maybe I remember hearing that maybe he directed an episode of Discovery or something, or maybe he did one of Picard. Did he do one of Picard? I think he might have actually I, directed an episode. I actually of didn't. Uh, I don't usually watch TV credits. Yeah. So I mean, I'm kind of bad that way. I mean, I'll do a little bit for the Mandalorian just so I can see who wrote, who directed. Yeah, I usually don't either, but with, like, these more, like, cinematic streaming shows now, I find myself wanting to, you know, because, like, you get a lot of film directors, and I want to know, you know, and especially these episodes of The Mandalorian, they really do let the directors come through with their style. Like, usually when, when let's say, like, 
Kevin Smith directs an episode of The Flash or something. Like, he'll throw a little, few little, like, Kevin Smith-isms in there. But usually those, like, episodic shows like that, they're, they're pretty much running on automatic. And a director isn't as important to an episode of TV as they are to a movie. You don't really have room to, like put your stamp on that episode as much because you have there's certain beats that you have to get to in the episode you you have to continue on storylines you yeah, can't have a character to be concerned with there's right so you can't be that creative with directing an episode of tv usually but like episodes like the mandalorian and like episodes of like i don't know daredevil they give creators like they're a passion project yeah, they give directors an opportunity to actually put their stamp on these shows and give their interpretation of the character without yes. making it like out of the universe. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when yeah. Bryce Dallas Howard does it, you you can feel her doing it. When Dave Filoni does it, my God, you can feel Dave Filoni doing it. You know? Not totally so, agreed with that. Yeah, I mean, it, Robert Rodriguez has always been like kind of up or down for me, but I love the way he goes about his filmmaking. And this episode right here, man, just shows everything that he's good at. The action scenes, the, some of the visuals, some of, like, the, the just visuals of, like, and, and we'll get to it. We haven't, you know, talked about Boba Fett yet, but, like, some of the visuals of fucking Boba Fett, the, like, stills oh, in the show God. are so beautiful and insane. All right, so let's just get in the episode. I, I don't know. All right. We'll get in the episode. It starts out with the scene, and I absolutely love this scene of uh, Grogu and the Mando on the Razor Crest. And it's hard watching this scene for a second time. We've watched it twice so far. At least me and Christine have. I don't yeah. know how many times you've watched twice. Uh, I watched it again <laughs> like about uh, about two hours ago when I was eating dinner. Cause... But the second time you're watching this, the first time I thought it was a really sweet scene. Really cool, very Star Warsy, you know, telling the child, you know, I can't train you, you know, it's very touching. The music that comes in, it's it's so Star Wars, it's so beautiful, and um, but the second time watching this scene, after knowing that the fucking Razor Crest gets blown up, you're like, damn, this is the last, you know, fucking scene we're gonna get inside of the fucking Razor Crest, man. This really sucks. This is like even more melancholy than the first time I'm watching it. I was like, dude, they just blew up motherfucker's ship. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, dude, it sucks because, like, he just got that fixed again, and then it just gets blown to smithereens. Yeah. And um, also, I, I, don't, I don't know how you guys were feeling watching this opening scene, but, like, I'm watching this opening scene, and you get the, t- I, th- I think you get the title card before the scene starts, or maybe, like, halfway through the scene right before they get to the planet, they, they put up the title card of the tragedy, right? And it's just like, you see them being so sweet together in the beginning, you're like, well, what can the tragedy be, possibly, besides he's going to lose the fucking... He's going to lose Grogu in this episode, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, I figured, like, maybe, like, um, towards the end, like, a Jenna would show up or something. Yeah. Wh- whatever, yeah, like, you know, made the call or whatever. Yeah, whatever it's going to be, whether a Jedi comes and takes him, or a Sith comes out of somewhere and takes him. Or, or some other character is going to, like, just kick the bucket. Yeah, so, you know, the tragedy, you know, it, it kind of telegraphs what's going to happen in the episode a little bit. Uh, but, we, you know, I have ideas about, like, what the tragedy, another interpretation it could possibly be, but we'll talk about that later. So, we get to the planet, 
and uh, they find the magic rock that they're supposed to go <laughs> the put, magic uh, rock Grogu on top of, and um, they get up there. They they don't know how exactly how it works. You know, it's a little comedy. Like, here, you know, do your thing. Like, and he's just staring at a butterfly. Did you guys get any significance from the butterfly that like he sees at the top on the rock? Did you do any research on that or anything? You know, I didn't. Nope. I didn't. So I'm not sure. I thought they were kind of badly done CGI, so I didn't pay attention to them. I didn't read too much into it. It's, I mean, he's a little kid, so butter. He's got, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he doesn't have the whatever Yoda's race is like ADHD or anything like that. He's a kid, you know. He's gonna be. He was fixated on the um, the knob from that lever, the right. ball. Right. And well, I, yeah, it's you know, shiny. It's a round thing. It's something for him to hang out with. Right. You know, have as a toy. You know. I mean. Yeah, because we really. I mean, and with his with how he acts, I mean, for all we know, he could have just been like, "Hey, look, I, there's a snack floating around," you know. And it's true. just with new canon, with new canon, especially like you know. Uh, Clone Wars and and uh, Rebels and stuff like that. You get a little, a lot of like symbolic animals, in in you know or creatures, in uh, a lot of the episodes. And we saw that a lot last week with Ahsoka's owl and the Lothcats and you know things. There's like so that. many Lothcats. And and so I'm just you know I see that immediately and I'm like ah damn it am I supposed to know in my Star Wars brain what that butterfly <laughs> is significant <laughs> for you know like I I, I feel like. It probably is, you know, because they kind of, like, featured it so heavily, but whatever. I'm spending a lot of time on the damn butterflies. Uh, I'm fucking butterflies, dude. <laughs> I mean, we, we need to There's get so to many it. more interesting things in this yeah. episode. We haven't even gotten into uh, the first thing that um, yeah. the Mandalorian sees coming in while Grogu's on the rock. What does he see? Well, he, the greatest thing I possibly was hoping never to see again, the Slave One landing yeah. near Mando. Like, and it's like, uh-oh, what's about to go down? So we have, like, but, an old space western going on, and it's I, I love so how, awesome. like, your, your thought process is, like, something that you'd hope you'd never have to see again. Like, is it, because it's like, okay, because Fett's been more or less a villain. Yeah. Not necessarily yeah. a villain. Like, that isn't even accurate. He's been an antagonist. Yeah. I mean, he's been a villain in, in episodes of the Clone Wars, and mm-hmm. I think he's shown up in Rebels. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, but for the most part, he's he's been on the, on the, on the, on the agency of evil, you know? Mm-hmm. And I guess from his childhood, that really wasn't so much his choice. Yeah. I mean... Right. Dude, Jedi fucking killed his pops. Right. Or, I should say his gene father, because it's not really his dad. Yeah, um, yeah I mean... Look, I mean, he grew up knowing conflict. He grew up, more or less, as another foundling, but right. not like... Well, I, I guess... Foundling. I guess my thing is, is that since the canon movies and stuff just kind of raped the love I had for Star Wars, to see like, oh great, we're going to do what Solo did and do a nod and a wink in the worst way possible, but for whatever reason, The Mandalorian has brought these characters back and made them absolutely amazing in live action. So ex- ex- Exactly, Christine. Like, I did not, we, we've had talk a, a long time about a Boba Fett movie, about a Boba Fett series, and I have said over and over again to, you know, whoever will listen and gives a shit that I, I love that character and I, and I, I love Fett, but I don't want to see him. I don't want to see that much of him because that's what makes Boba Fett cool is it's not that, knowing a lot about, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. he's like, the, he's, he's like, I mean, like, so a lot of these episodes get compared to, um, Clint Eastwood movies. 
that's more more the the man with no name than 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 the Mando. Uh, oh, Blondie. Yeah, yeah, like he's this, he he is that mysterious motherfucker. I mean, yeah. whereas yeah. Mando is more like Clint Eastwood in uh, well, kind of like in Unforgiven. I mean, I was gonna like, say, mm. I took no, Boba Fett. Go ahead. Oh, I was gonna say I took Boba Fett more as a Levi and Cleef character more Absolutely. than I did with Clint Eastwood's Blondie. Absolutely. So that Absolutely. that's the way because I, I love Sergio Leone movies. So like, I when I saw that, I was like, oh, okay, I get this. Yes, sorry, absolutely. sorry to interrupt, Adam. Absolutely, he totally. That's the way he was made out to be. That's the way he was made to look like the Lee Van Cleef character. Yeah, but really, we're we're finding out, especially in this episode, that he's absolutely not that. You know, and like right. I didn't want that. I did not want to see Boba Fett again when they kept talking about him showing up, in, you know, like this season, I didn't want to see it. You know, and then even when he showed up earlier in the season at the end of the episode, I was like, I mean, it looks awesome, but I really still don't fucking know that I want this. But after watching this episode, man, they fucking turned me around on him. Yes, dude. Yes. Seriously. I'm easy that way. I mean, you give me a Mandalorian, it's like, hey, it's a Mandalorian. Sweet. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, like, like, uh,. And we do find out his origins in this episode, so we can settle the fucking argument forever. Whether <laughs> Boba Fett is—I mean, maybe you guys haven't been having that argument forever, but me and a lot of my stupid geeky friends have. And uh, whether he's a Mandalorian or not, and we find out that he, his dad, was a foundling. And, yeah, uh, culturally, he is a Mandalorian. Um, right. Technically, yeah. Well, culturally, culturally he is just yeah. like just. It's like the the Mandalorian, the, you know, just like the main character, he's also culturally a Mandalorian, but they're yeah. not native Mandalorians. They're not racially Mandalorian, right? Which even that isn't exactly accurate either, because in the old canon, Mandalorians weren't human. Right. They were an entirely separate kind of right. race yeah. that absorbed other other cultures in, like kind of like the Borg, but not really. I mean. You're willing right. to, you were down for them if you were down for their culture and their way of life they welcomed yeah. you in and that's how they spread across the galaxy and were a conquer race for so long until Revan and the Jedi slapped them down yeah yeah got rid of the Mandalore the actual like leader but I mean but Bo-Katan rightfully should be the Mandalore and she, I'm yeah. thinking that's, you know, she's going after that dark saber to try to fucking Oh, bring God, that dark saber is so it? awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so anyway, let's, let's, uh, let's get back into this episode. Um, so we get introduced, you know, to Boba Fett through this showdown, uh, and right away we find out that basically he wants his armor back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, he's got uh, Fennec, her name's Fennec Shand. Shad yes, Fennec Shand. Shand uh, she's played by Ming Na Wen, and yeah. dude, she's so incredible in this episode. Yeah, she came. Uh, she came back from being. She was left for dead on Tatooine last season, and we saw the boots. Like some somebody's boots walk up to her when she was laying dead in the sand, and a lot of people speculated that that was Boba Fett that was saving her, and apparently she got some. You know enhancements or whatever for her shot out gut so uh i don't know how extensively that goes into her body but uh no clue 
Yeah, he saved her, apparently Boba did, and uh, now she's in his service for yeah, whatever they're debt. up to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So uh, your your initial your initial reactions to just getting Boba Fett in this episode, though. I mean, did you? I was so fucking geek, dude. Yeah. Dude, yeah. He looks so good. He looks so good, man. He just... looks. Oh, he looks like a guy who's been in a sarlacc pit and for the last twenty five years has been fighting tooth and nail to survive. Like it's you can see it on his face. Well, you can if... see that like he's adopted. Like the. He's he's done what he's done, you know. It's like, you know, he's done the the. I I don't. Maybe it's Lawrence Olivier thing where he adopts the local customs and cultures. But, dude, he dresses like a sand person for the most part. He has a yes. gappy stick. Yeah. Yes, and, he has a oh Tuscan Raider gappy stick. It's that so he uses like a fucking total badass. <laughs> but just oh like, my god, yes. The the makeup on him, the costuming, the cinematography of catching like. His poses, his acting, his accent, everything is on point and like totally redefining this character. And man, it it was so awesome. It was so such a cool interpretation of Boba Fett that it totally changed me around from being a person that didn't want to see this to be like, I need so much more of this. And at the end when he says that, you know, he's in the debt until they get Grogu back, I'm like, Hell yeah. yeah. We did more of this. I was waiting for a this is the way like kind of like moment yeah. and it's like eh okay I was going to say not. he pretty much says I'm just a simple man making his way through the galaxy so he really owes no allegiance to anyone except you know an ode of a debt yeah. but like dude he's so menacing in this episode especially when he gets his armor back from the razor crest and he just stands there like in front of the stormtroopers it's just like oh some shit's gonna go down and then he pulls out that um Tuscan Raider gaffy stick and just pummels people. It's like, oh, it's so good. Yeah. Well, like, and he looked over at the Razor Crest, saw that the door was open, and like <laughs> again, oh, again, yeah, like yeah, the man what's with this door being open? It's like I don't know what galaxy you grew up in, but around these parts, uh, <laughs> Jawas will pick up anything that isn't nailed down. No kidding. And, and, yeah. And if you thought it was, apparently it wasn't nailed down. Like, oh my god, every time he leaves that door open, some shit happens. Like, dude, seriously, close your door. Everyone, like, even your mother would go in there and take your shit. Like, fucking, just don't do that. Yeah. Like, don't do it. Hey, well, look, he never has to worry about that again. Crest open again. Oh, <laughs> I'll help myself to a few blasters. Yeah, so be- before we get into talking about the action scene, the action scenes, especially that first one with the stormtroopers, I want to take a break real quick because I really want to talk about those action scenes. Even if it's just like making uh, happy sounds into the microphone for about 20 (laughs) minutes. Like that was uh, anyway, let's take a break. We hear from our sponsors and we'll be right back. You're listening to radio free galaxy brought to you by Faker Lager. Faker Lager is the only alcoholic beer with a non-alcoholic label. Because your husband may be a quitter, but you sure the fuck ain't. And we're back talking about The Mandalorian. And I wanna, we're going to talk about this insane fight scene uh, with the Stormtroopers. But yeah. I, I want to do something fun first. Let's hear, oh. let's hear an audio... Let's hear an audible representation of the sounds that you made 
while you were sitting and watching this scene for the first time? Because I know all three of us did. So, Christine, exactly what were the sounds that you were making while we were watching this, uh, this scene with uh, Fennec and Boba fighting against... And Mando joins in later, but especially in the beginning where, where Boba Fett is just murking these dudes with this stick, man. Alright, so first I was thinking, oh, fuck, yeah, oh, yeah, 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 I'm like, oh, yeah, like, it, the, he hit so many of the right spots, but most of it was like, fuck, yes, or going, oh, my God, that's awesome, because he is so brutal. That yeah. that was my interpretation of that scene. Yeah, I, I, I'm just in there, like, it, it ended up being like a series of dudes and Oh, yes. and, oh <laughs> my god you know because like we, yes. we have rarely ever seen any graphic violence in star wars and nothing True. to nothing to me that comes to the level of boba fett just destroying these stormtroopers w- with that stick adam i mean come on dude right um, what kind dude. of sounds you making during this dude <laughs> So, I mean, it actually pretty much started once you saw S- Slave 1. I was like, oh, dude! Like, just like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, my buddy Jason, if he Excited. ever hears this podcast, he ever gets around to listening to it, he'll be like, he'll snap his fingers, point at, at, at whatever he's listening to, he'll be like, exactly. Yeah. But, um... Yeah, 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 yeah. And it was like, oh, shit. Oh, fuck no. <laughs> Damn! I'm about to get his face smashed in! It was like, oh, shit. She's gonna fucking, she, she's gonna do it. Yeah, that's right. Big ass motherfucking boner, bitches! Yeah. And we shot the fucking power supply of that E web, and I was like, yup. Yep. Dude, when he saw the Razor Crest door wide open, I'm like, oh shit, this is like giving Bruce Lee the fucking nunchucks. Yup. Yeah. And I was man. like, they just gave fucking Bruce Lee the chucks. Like, Dude. oh my god, when you see, oh, sorry, Travis, but when you see for the first time Boba Fett in the armor again, he's so menacing. Yeah. Oh, there it, is this meme going around, and I gotta kind of agree to a little bit. I mean, but he's old man fat, so I mean, you gotta give him a little bit. So as you see Boba, he's in the armor, and it's like Boba Fett, or like Boba Fat. No, no, no. No, no. He's like a middle aged dude, so he's like. No. I mean, can you really blame him? No. No. We'll get to that in a. We'll get to that in a second. But I, I am not done talking about him offing these dudes with this stick because, and especially I want to talk that, about that. That right there is what screams Robert Rodriguez. It's just the fucking, just the, all that fight. The all ultra, that fucking, the ultra yeah, violence, the condensed violence of it. The ultra violence mm-hmm. and how well it's shot, though, and how oh, well God, it's yeah. choreographed. I'm thinking about the choreography of, of these fight scenes, man. Dude, they are, they are choreographed to a fucking T. It's fucking beautiful. The cinematography is insane. There's one shot, and I want to talk about Fennec, too, because... This scene totally sold me on that character. I, I was kind of up and down on her in, in the episode she showed up uh, last season, but she totally sold me as an action character, and maybe it was the directing, maybe it was uh, Ming-Na Wen getting a little more like comfortable with the character, but her acting, yeah. and when she jumps when she jumps off that like little cliff, and oh, they do the God. turnaround with her with the gun, and she so shoots bad. back at the two stormtroopers, that was so cool. That was like Matrix level, like awesome cin- fight cinematography, man. Yeah, like or when she pushes the boulder onto all those stormtroopers, you know, like she saw an opportunity and took it. Like it was just a really cool move of using your environment to your advantage, exactly. and especially seeing a woman do that. Like I gotta say, Star Wars has to be one of the only properties from like the '70s on 
that has always promoted strong women or women doing badass things and seeing this character actually come like you know more mature and more comfortable in what she's doing it's just so cool yeah so um something kind of interesting because i had to like bring it up because i like having it on hand wikipedia has already changed the picture of boba fett to fucking dude in this episode tamara morrison really? yeah yeah, yeah. and, and cool. let's talk let's talk about him um and, and his performance in this episode it Dude, I, I've always loved him, you know, playing uh, Django and uh, Boba Fett and, and the Storm. You know, he's a, he's a great actor, but he's never had the opportunity to shine like he did yes. in this episode. They, I, Man, his acting, his accent, everything, the, the way he stands, his posture, everything is just over the top and just selling the menace. And, like, so much more in this character. You get so much depth in him. In, in, in like the, the look on his face there's just like age and tragedy and pain and just the, the way he talks the way he holds himself man it's just you know that this is not a man to be trifled with even before he busts out that stick and starts just eviscerating people man. yeah like I mean it's like old man Mandalorian versus new man like you know the lone gunslinger old and new meeting together like it's I yeah. found, found that to be really interesting and we have to talk about how old that he should be in this episode because really isn't this technically only five years after Return of the Jedi? Um, right? Because we're five years after the Empire fell is, is what I remember from last season. And, um, but didn't and, you say he was missing his armor for like 25 years in the episode? No, he said he was chain-coded. He's been chain-coded chain to his uh, armor okay, for 25 okay, years. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, that that's... That means he, he donned his armor for the first time from his dad. So, I, I, I mean, he, he didn't really take on the armor. Did he take on the armor right away after his dad died? I mean, like, I know he took mm, it. He had it. But, yeah, he had I mean, it, but he didn't, like, put it on. Or rem- I can't remember from the backstory they told in Clone Wars. So, Boba was born in 32 BBY before the Battle of Yavin, if you're a Yavin and you don't know what the hell that means. Um, uh, and according to Wikipedia, the Mandalorian show, if they say it, nope, that's not the show. Uh, yeah, it's like... Timeline, look up a timeline of Star Wars, so if you just yeah. look up a basic timeline of Star Wars, we can find out... Of, of Star Wars TV shows and movies or whatever. I'm sure they'll throw the Mandalorian in Man. there somewhere. That's amazing that we actually have Star Wars timelines and dates and stuff. <laughs> like, it's actually a real-life thing. Like, we know more about the history of the Star Wars universe than we actually do of our own American universe. I mean, Or, like, you know, just, like, yeah, Earth it, universe. It shows you how invested they've gotten us into this whole franchise. And... and when they put out something that's good enough, like The Mandalorian, we want to know exactly how this fits into the timeline, you know? Yeah, exactly. When, when they put in something a, a little more forgettable into the timeline, like, you know, I, I, I don't know, anything from the sequel trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> There's me shitting on the sequel trilogy again, but anything yeah. from the sequel trilogy, if they, I don't care about those dates, man. I really don't. Really no, don't. but like, but when it's like the movies you grew up with from the original trilogy, and you get to know like, okay, this was at this time, and it just yeah. kind of makes a bigger like story in your head, and makes you it's, like cling to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, nine ABY, so it's nine years after the Battle of Yavin. 
Okay. So that would put um, Boba Fett at 40 some odd years old. Okay. So Okay. So, which in the time in the, in in Star Wars that's really not that old. Anakin was born in like what thirty three. Sure, you sure he's supposed to be forty something, really? I don't know. Because he's, he's not. He's, he's he's not he's not looking. Because I mean, you got to remember he was a he was a kid in Episode two, but I mean he was like what ten twelve years old though. I mean he wasn't that. Well, okay. So in twenty two BBY, uh, it is when um, uh, what call it the strike on. On that platform in the beginning of episode uh, two happens. Right. right. Um, that's also the same year, supposedly, that Anakin gets Ashoka as a. Um, it's a know, Padawan? Uh, yeah. So yeah. it's at the end of. It's like towards. It's just after episode two. Yeah. So it's, so that's like during the Clone Wars TV show. Anakin was born in 41 BBY. Okay. So that makes sense that the. Because the. Because um, Grogu was born the same year. So. So okay, so how old does that make Grogu uh, related to Boba Fett then? Grogu related to Boba Fett, he's nine years older. Okay, so really, so we're talking that fucking that Boba Fett is like early forties. Yeah, <laughs> or early to mid. Well, you know, it's been a rough time, Travis. I mean, <laughs> he's yeah, had he a got, doozy yeah. of a. Yeah. Yeah. of a time he yeah. really has i mean yeah he survived the fucking sarlacc pit so like yeah like on tatooine which is just dirt like right. hot dirt so like he looks probably great for his age in the star wars universe no no that that brings another question in my mind though has he been first of all on tatooine the entire time probably not because he's had the slave one right so what what has he been doing in the meantime and like how did he just you know like why didn't he if he knew Cobb Vamp had his armor like why didn't he and he's been on Tatooine for a while because we saw him uh, rescue Fennec you know what I mean so like why didn't he go get his armor from Cobb Vamp I mean he's, I mean it's fat he's got his reasons he's probably didn't yeah. necessarily need it yeah. Probably didn't matter that much to him. Yeah. Um, but I mean, mean, you know, he's he's been there for a long time, and then he was there after he rescued Fennec because apparently they've, you know, been together for quite a while, and you know, like they even have hand signals down when we were watching the fight scene. They've got hand signals down. You know, they're yeah, communicating. They did. You know, so like they've been together for a while. How long has he been on Tatooine? Why did he never go? Out I mean, he, apparently he was going after the armor, but how hasn't he found that yet? You know what I'm saying? I know the Jawas had it for a long time until, uh, until uh, what's his name? Uh, Timothy Oliphant. I just said his name before. What's his name? Cobb Vanth. Cobb Vanth. <clears throat> they Pretty had it Cobb before Vanth. Cobb Vanth got it. But, um, you know, I mean, it doesn't... Boba Fett knowing, <laughs> first of all, that, you know, how Jawas are, he has to assume after he crawls out of the fucking Sarlacc, that they're gonna be the first ones to find it if anybody finds it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is he is he just running around tattooing and fucking murking off fucking Jawas or dealing with Jawas? You know, and like we were talking about this during the break, Christine. Like he has that um that uh is it called Gaffy stick Gaffy stick or um it's Gaffy a Tuscan um it's a Tuscan Raider Gaffy stick, but it's also known as the Garadaffy. 
or Gatorafi, a Gatorafi stick. Yeah, so how did he get that? I mean, has he been hanging around with the sand people, or did he, you know, uh, destroy a whole village of them and took whatever he wanted? Oh, or... the thing is, um, I mean, apparently well, the... Oh, go ahead. You kind of see that. I mean, the man, the, the Jaren, the Mandalorian, he freaking, you know, communicates with the... Yeah. With those mm-hmm. sand people. So, I mean, they're not, they're not the people that Anakin, like, goes and... Right. murders because they tortured and brutalized his ma i mean yeah they they do have a sense of honor they have a code they're not total barbarians but yeah i mean they're definitely backward people but right yeah I mean, that's what i was wondering because we were talking because he's got a yeah because he's also because boba's also using one of their chemical slug throwers mm-hmm. so oh cool maybe he's been hanging out with them maybe that's what he's been doing like he's been nomad maybe he's been you know hanging around with oh. a bunch of nomad fucking sand people and he's what been if... searching through the, the the jawa fucking communities fucking looking for his armor man um i was gonna say maybe the tuscan raiders took care of him after he got out of the sarlacc pit and basically took him under you know their wing taught him how to fight or whatever and you know or maybe when we What's see him, there? maybe when we see him, you know, at the end of the episode earlier, the the Cobb Vanth episode, um, maybe he just caught up with finding out where it was at the same time, and the Mandalorian just got to it first, and he fucking took off after him. You know what I yeah. mean? Maybe he's been following leads this whole time, but I'm just saying, dude, you, you've got a motivated-ass fucking Boba Fett who, you know, crawled out of Starlight Pit. He should have maybe found that armor a little sooner. Right. Yeah. So anyway, we, we get, let's get back to the episode. We, we, <laughs> we, we do see him in the armor for the first time. He, he runs over there and grabs oh, it out of the Razor Crest. And, dude, he looks glorious in this. And you were talking before, Adam, about him looking like Boba Fat or whatever, dude. I think it looks amazing. I think he it looks, looks fucking great. amazing. Yeah, he's not, he's not the same person that, you know, first wore. And he is wearing a bunch of big robes under it, too. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's wearing what he would normally wear under it. Yeah, he's armor. not wearing, like, an undersuit or, like, the normal jumpsuit that you'd wear under it. Like, stormtroopers have an undersuit that's body temperature regulating and has like you know whatever other properties to it yeah you know maybe some sensor like a sensor sheath layer in there through monitoring yeah. or whatnot right. but um yeah i mean yeah I, I obviously you know it's just a stupid meme that i saw on the on the interweb so you know, take it as face value just, i mean you know, i mean you notice it you would you would have to be lying not to notice it that he doesn't look like the slim svelte Boba Fett that we're used to, but I mean... Well, when did that movie well, come that out? Was... That came out over 20 years ago. Well, in, well, try uh, tr- closer to 40 for Empire Strikes Back and that was yeah. a totally different guy. That was an English dude who was in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, you know, here you go, put this on. What? Put this on. <laughs> okay. We'll add your dialogue later on in uh, post-production. Later. <laughs> yeah. But I think you would have been... You, you're trying to compare him to how he looked in yeah. uh, I mean, episode and you're, two. And you're right. In, like, yeah. In, I mean, I I wasn't saying it like you know because that dude that actor is not a big fat fucking dude. He's like real trusted, yes. But and you saw that even in in episode two, you know, with his first appearance as Django. Yeah, dude, so. I thought he looked so menacing. I I thought his he he, he looked so menacing, so just amazing when you, when you that first shot that i'll it's never weird. that's that's an ingrained star wars memory in mm-hmm. my brain now seeing boba fett back in that like that is gonna be 
one of my favorite Star Wars scenes to see again yes. in, in years years from now. I can't imagine that not being one of my favorite Star Wars memories is seeing him back in the suit. And I didn't want to see it, you guys. I didn't want to <laughs> I know. see it. I did I know. not want to see that. Yeah, so, well. <laughs> you know, I can imagine for somebody like you, Adam, like who did want to see it, that was especially fucking awesome for you, man. Such an orgasm. Yeah, like what Travis said earlier, like we both thought this, like this is the most Adam, Adam episode that we can think of because this is what Adam lives for. And it's just so exciting to actually talk about it with you guys today. Yeah, so let's yeah. let's get on with the episode. So uh, I think uh, Mando wakes back up, right? He got knocked out by trying to get into the force field, and we didn't we didn't really talk about what's going on on top of the rock there with uh, Grogu. You know, he's he's sitting up there on the rock, and like some he gets he touches the rock finally with his palm, and some kind of force uh, I don't know force stream comes up from. Uh, this rock and he gets enveloped in it and Mando can't get into this force field quite literally I kinda, the force field. Go ahead. I thought it was like a beacon or something calling out to like maybe other Jedi temples or something because they, they made it very vague on what exactly this was supposed to do. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's just like some stream of like the physical force or you know, like it's it's some kind of Skype. Some kind of communication. I, it's clearly some kind of communication, whether it's a beacon, or if it's mm -hmm. a receiver. I you know I don't know, but what are your guys' thoughts on what's happening up there with Grogu? Like, are we you know Adam? Are we calling out to Jedi? Is someone gonna hear this? It's I don't know. It's kind of like an ET phone home type thing, and yeah. it's it's interesting that go that Grogu kind of knew what to do. Yeah. Like, yeah. just go out there and channel the Force, little guy. And I'm really kind of shocked he channeled for as long as he did. Because, right. I mean, he... he well, do you think that he's was... really doing something there? Or is he just getting... Is he communing with the Force? You know what I mean? And, and that is he's a getting good... enveloped by it. I don't know that he knows what he's doing up there. I feel there's like runes, more so it's happening runes. to him. You know? Yeah, there's runes on that rock. So, I mean, obviously yeah. that rock was created and force imbued and it was there for a reason right um tython though in the old republic it got decimated like yeah. it used like a planet killing weapon on that planet at some point or some at least extinction event creating weapon during the um i think during the great hyperspace wars according to like the legends yeah. thing but yeah so i mean that there's even any vegetation on that planet is kind of weird well, I mean, clearly, yeah. clearly, maybe they're not going with that storyline, but it's yeah. cool that they I even mean, brought the planet in. You know what yeah. I mean? They, they bring it in from old canon, and they've been doing that a lot in uh, this this series a lot. So yeah. yeah. And that originally was the seat of the uh, the Jedi Order. Yeah. I mean, Coruscant wasn't their primary temple. Yeah. So, and then, you know, uh, Mando enters the fight. He's kicking ass as he normally does. Uh, and then we get to the part where they finally, the stormtroopers finally realize they're fucking beaten. I think it was after that boulder, right? Wasn't it after the boulder? No, it was after no. um, Boba that Fett was like smashing people's skulls in and they oh, just yeah. were like, oh no, it was the, uh, no, we haven't even mentioned the knee rockets yet. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. knee rockets. Yeah, yeah, I think it was after the knee rockets they decided to book because they knew they lost. Like yeah. they didn't want to deal with that. Yeah. 
And then we get that amazing scene with fucking Boba shooting that rocket at those fucking Oh! (laughs) I was aiming for the other one. (laughs) It's a classic line, and I know it's kind of cliche, but it works for that. It works so well. Yeah. Yeah. And, um... Um, Go ahead. When when DiGiorno gets back to, um... Uh... Navarro again, and he's talking to Cartoon. Yeah. Uh, did he have his jetpack on or not? Like, I totally didn't even no. like him to pay attention to that because I know he took it off, dude. No, he I never put it back it. on. I don't think. Yeah, like, dude, why would you leave your fucking best car jetpack? Like, you know what? I noticed I... that. I noticed that when they were uh, in the uh, ashes of the Razor Crest, and he walked up out of the crater there. And he wasn't wearing it. And I'm like, okay, where's the jetpack? We never saw it get destroyed. He left it just by the side of that Yeah, rock. he left it by a rock. Because um, when he was running up to go get Grogu from those uh, dark troopers that came down. He like, never are put we it back talk- on, right? He never put Because he was running instead of using his actual jetpack. Yeah. Because that's how he got off the Razor Crest. Because he couldn't land near the temple like, or on it. Yeah. So yeah, he left it by the rock when he was talking to Boba Fett. And he's not, well, he's it's definitely... not like a real big deal because he could always remote control that thing back to himself. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. So I I don't know. Kind of curious. I I'm I'm hoping we're not saying it got destroyed with like the Razor Crest blowing up. I'm. No, I don't. I don't there, think so. so. No, it wasn't anywhere near there. So I'm it, that showdown that happened in the beginning where he took it off. They were well away from the Razor Crest. So. Yeah. So it, it, he probably just has to run over and find it, and he's not gonna so, wear yeah. it when he's just fucking walking into fucking town back on Navarro and shit. So. Yeah, a Vescar jetpack. Yeah, that's a bad idea. Yeah. Well, um, those uh, dark troopers, by the way, like we talked a little bit about them last week. Yeah. Um, those are more or less canon to Grand Admiral Thrawn. Okay. So kind okay. of. I was just curious if they were gonna make them humanoid or not, which I'm glad that they didn't because they weren't originally. They were. Uh, combat droids yeah okay empire created um and supposedly they were imbued with some aspect of the dark side or they were force resistant which means that they're either made in part with beskar or um Hmm. can't remember what the other alloy is i think it's called frick p-h-r-i-k and that with durasteel um can kind of hold up to a lightsaber but i think as well as beskar I think maybe you're right on about that. Like, uh, there, there's got to be something to the composition of these dudes because I think we talked about last season in The Mandalorian about how the Empire was, you know, snapping up all the fucking Beskar, you know. And yeah. Like, so like. Oh, that would make sense. Yeah. They never really said what they were doing with it, did they? Uh no. You know, I don't. I don't remember why. They, I mean, you know, it's valuable, but I mean, they always have the Jedi were defeated. Of, so why bother? You know, exactly. Mm-hmm. So what were they snapping it up all for, other than just money? And like, oh. maybe this is one of their projects that they fucking. You know, yeah. you know what they actually could have probably been using it for is is part in the construction of the Death Star, because the Death maybe. Star laser is essentially oh. a lightsaber. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. With the Kyber crystals. We learned that in the uh, the book, the prelude to uh, Rogue One, right? Uh, what was the name of that book? Oh, I um... I don't know. I've got shoot. it in my shelf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, I, it's on the shelf. I read it, yeah. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we, we do get to these dark troopers, and... Uh, well, do we want to talk about him blowing up the... 
getting the Razor Crest blown up. I mean, what else can you say, dude? It's sad as hell. Right? Oh, so sad. Like, there's so much history we've had with this in two seasons, and to just see it just get completely decimated beyond repair was just tragic. In, yeah, in less than two seasons, they've made that ship a character in the show. They've, mm-hmm. they've managed to make that that inanimate object, or whatever you want to say, you know, I mean, I know it's a ship and it flies, but, like, they managed to make that object, that ship, that vehicle, a, a fucking living, breathing character when we see it get destroyed or blown up so many times, or just like the Millennium Falcon, you know what I mean? It gets, mm-hmm. it gets beat up all the time, it gets repaired, and he just got it repaired again, and we fucking... He just got the thing repaired, from the Mon Calamari and then with the yeah, normal... Yeah, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, oh god, that was so funny, he was so angry that there was so much seaweed and, like, weird netting <laughs> in his razor crest. Sorry, I, I'm backtracking off other episodes. No, no, that's exactly what we're talking about, so, I mean, it, it really sucks to see the ship go, you know, so, like, it, there's a sadness, there's a sadness that you feel yeah. for Mando, there's a sadness for, like, the the bond that's been built between Grogu and the oh, Mandalorian, God. especially when, when you see that oh. opening scene, you know, where where this is their home. That's their home, you know, and like not only do you have their home blown up, but then just after that you have them separated. The family separated, the fucking their home is gone. Like Adam, like you said in the beginning of the episode, this is the Empire Strikes Back, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, like, like uh, if you've seen the movie Clerks and Dante Hicks is talking about it, it ends on such a down note. That's what life is, a series of down notes. Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, maybe not so much life is a series of down notes, but it's like, yeah, well, when Dante is talking about that being, like, the best episode, it's like, yeah, it, it kind of has all the elements of Star Wars in it, all of them, in one episode. Just like episode four has all the elements of Star Wars, like, all in there, except for it ends on, a, like, an upbeat, like, hey, man, there's some hope. Hence the name of the episode, A New Hope. And, and yes, and that's why, you know, A New Hope is my favorite and always will be because of the hope. And that's what Star Wars is about to me, is about hope and, you know, being better than yourself and in the station you were born into. And, and you, too, can save, you know. Leaving the galaxy. the galaxy a better place, you know, the world yeah. a better place than when you showed up. You know, my favorite scene in Star Wars, and you guys know this, is Luke standing there, you know, with the setting suns and and the, that song playing in, in episode four. It, it makes mm-hmm. me choke up and cry almost every time because he's looking to the stars. He's looking to his future, his aspirations, you know, and he wants so much more out of life. And, you know, he can either make the decision to stay or he can leave and fight. And that's kind of a decision we all have to make in our lives. Are we going to stay comfortable in our homes and be content to, you know, be an everyday kind of motherfucker, or are we going to go out there and we are going to live our dreams, you know? So I fight the oppression and, you know, make something better yourself and just staying as, you know, you know, getting the blue milk. <laughs> Getting that sweet, sweet blue. Oh, milk. another day and another fucking glass of blue. Milk. <laughs> I'm just saying, fucking you work fantastic. You don't want to be know at the academy from. right now. <laughs> you know. so, anyway, let's get back to the episode. Uh, they take Grogu, man. You know it's gonna happen. The fucking episode's called the tragedy. Mm-hmm. They fucking take Grogu. You know the dark troopers. Christine, you were talking while we were watching it how you wanted to see the Dark Troopers kick an ass. And honestly, I counterpointed that by saying, dude, we can't have them 
kicking ass in this episode because we get it would lower the impact of how brutal Boba Fett is if we see how brutal these dark troopers are. For them to have the maximum, you know, uh, effect on us as being menacing, they have to oh, go no, away um, right now. You know what I mean? You're they right. You're to... totally right. Like, and I'm just, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just thinking, like, dude, I would love to actually have a space battle with them between, like, Ahsoka Tano, <laughs> yeah. the Mandalorian, Boba Fett, you know, Cara Dune, and, uh, um, I can't remember, or with uh, Megs Mayfield, like, you know, just, like, getting the band back together and just having this badass space fight against these dark troopers, because, yeah, I was bummed out the first time I watched it, but then when Travis explained it and I watched it again, I'm like, yeah, you don't want to blow your load all in one episode, and I can't wait to see what the follow-up episode, and if they even do anything near as cool as, like, the last stand, you know, like, oh, of yeah. just, like, you know, just, like, good versus evil, however you want to call it. I want to see, like, the most epic thing Dude. ever and just feel as passionate like I do with this episode. Dude, wouldn't it be really awesome to get a fucking uh, showdown at the fucking OK Corral, dude? Fucking Yes! <laughs> Tombstone style, That's what man, I want! Right? Oh, my God, yeah, just... Oh. Dude, like, Butch and the Sundance Kid, I want to see, you know, my Robert Redford and yeah. Paul Newman, like, you know, they're about to die, but we're going to go out guns blazing. Like, I want to, I, I need that in my space western. I, I'm kind of think... looking forward to the last episode, kind of being like, uh, the escape from the Death Star almost. Yeah. Like, some serious, like, run and gun, like, yeah. somebody maybe, you know... Maybe the Marshal, maybe Cara Dune and the Marshal, like, being fucking Han and, and Chewie fucking running through the corridors, you know, yeah. just screaming like if fools with their heads cut <laughs> off and <laughs> yeah. coming around the corner yes. and there's, like, a whole fucking squad of fucking stormtroopers. Those two just laying two of them out, two, three of them out, and turning around and, like, okay, that was a bad mistake and running for it, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I want, I want, I need that, Adam. I need it like, so bad. Like, that's probably my favorite part of all of episode four like okay as a kid i love the, the the x-wing you know this the death star trench run and all that bullshit i mean of course i love that as a kid but like i don't yeah. know man maybe like i hit like 12 or 13 it's just watching han and and you know running down the hallways and like luke's like no we gotta like all right fine whatever you go do you <laughs> man like, i'm here to save a princess and i thought you were too for the money but apparently you want to kick ass and off he goes, and Chewie's like, well, fuck, man, I owe this asshole a life debt. <sighs> so I'm following him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and you know Chewie doesn't want to go. I mean, yeah, Chewie's heroic and all that, but, like, deep down inside, he's got a strong sense of self-preservation. He's not a coward. He just doesn't want to fucking die. Absolutely. Exactly. Like, sooner or later, this asshole human is either get himself or me fucking killed in the process. <laughs> And he doesn't even get a medal. Motherfucker. Yeah, anyway. what the fuck? He gets a medal. He has to wait fucking like, yeah, five not when, movies. Bullshit. Not when, not when five fucking movies. Not That's a pity medal, man. That's a pity medal. Exactly. I'm not taking that fucking medal. If I'm Chewie, yeah, I'm not taking medal. that fucking medal. You didn't yeah. give me a fucking medal when I deserved the fucking medal back then. Fuck you. I'm not taking your medal. You can keep your motherfucking medal. <laughs> Anyway, Dude, I want to watch. I know, I know they, now. I know God they said it. it was, I know they said it was like Hans Metal or whatever, but whatever. Look, anyway, let's get back to the fucking Mandalorian because we gotta wrap this motherfucker up. So we go back to fucking Navarro. We meet with Cara Dune. Are we think we're looking for Bill Burr's character? What's his name again? Uh, Megs uh, Mayfield. Megs Mayfield. So we're we're yeah. looking for him. Uh, 
you know, cool, we're getting him in the next episode or whatever. Why we have to break him up, I don't know. We're just putting the band back together. We need more firepower. Yes. All right. More know, boom booms. Um, so do we think that Cara Dune came with them at the end? Because we don't actually see them, you know, after they leave Oh, Navarro, definitely. We don't Did see it? them. I'm yeah. thinking the look that she gave after he tells her that they have the Yeah, kid. she was all like, I don't know, man. I'm like, I kind of yeah. like, got, I got these rules I got to live by. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm playing le- legit. They got yeah. the kid. Bitch, what? I know. Like, so I'm I'm thinking she might have hopped on board too, and then um we I hate get the f- saying it, dude, but I think th- I would not be shocked if they go fucking get that that fucking bitch from fucking Tatooine. Oh, dude. Yeah. Oh God, no, 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 no. Do not. They no. have a tech She's specialist, fine. dude. They She's do. Fine. God, no. She's Can fine. we just Whatever. jettison her out <laughs> of the space? I'm cool with that. Anyway, and then we get to uh, the end, and our last scene is Grogu in a holding cell, uh, just totally thrashing on some uh, stormtroopers with the Force. <laughs> I love when Moff Gideon is like, wait, just slow down. Yeah, let yeah just hold on, hold on. I want to watch know, that. He, he knows what's <laughs> happening here. He's using, he's using, you know, he's using the dark side. You know, he's fucking killing these dudes like he, he's he waiting for him to, to tire himself out yeah well he's waiting for tire himself out also he likes to see him fucking embracing his fear and his fucking mm-hmm. hatred like yeah. he's no dummy i don't know if moff uh gideon is a force user or not we haven't established that at all he could it, possibly be it um, used to be the kind of thing that only force users would use a lightsaber and there was some yeah. weird fan theories in episode in uh, empire strikes back that maybe yeah. han was force sensitive Right. Because he uses Luke's lightsaber to make a fucking uh, a fucking tauntaun sleeping bag, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. like, dude, it's at, at, all things said and done, it's it's a tool, and like, uh. he very well could, but he hasn't shown it yet in two seasons. Do you think they're just waiting for like the right moment for him to use like some force lightning or something, or force um, choke? It's possible because there have been instances in like non mouse canon of uh, non force users being able to use the dark side because it's dark side and why not? It's easy. It's easier to yeah. yeah. It's easier. It's easier to hate than to love. So I guess that that's the way to go with it. Hey, that's a good way to sum up this episode. I mean, we're left with so many questions uh, about what's going to happen next. I mean, we have a general idea that we're going after. Uh, Megs, right? His name's Megs. Yeah, Megs yeah. Mayfield. Yeah. yeah or Mayfeld. Going, I'm sorry, Mayfeld. Yeah. We're going yeah, after him. Who knows who else? About not being a stormtrooper. Yeah. <laughs> who who um, knows who else we're going to pick up along the way, but definitely we're headed towards some. I think they're going to grab Ahsoka. I think I think that I think I think that maybe Ahsoka might show up in the last episode after having, like. Because some Jedi is going to show up after that beacon that happened with Grogu. Yes, so yes, I, I agree I with that. I think either it might be her or, you know, who knows, maybe we'll get Ezra. At this point, we might even get Luke. I don't know. I don't, I, this this show never ceases to amaze me. I don't want to see Luke show up, Sebastian Stan, you know, playing. Maybe I do, I don't know, but they could, they could sell me on it. I don't freaking know. <laughs> and that's part they of the joy me- of this. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, they tell the story so well that, yeah, after bringing in Boba Fett and I wasn't rolling my eyes and I'm like, I want to see more. I get, whatever they throw this way, as long as they like respect the storyline, I'm all for it. Yeah, I agree. So any final thoughts, Adam? We got to get out of here, bro. <sighs> Man, it's, yeah. 
I'm gonna need a minute or four after the rewatching of that episode, just like. I mean, I mean, our, our, dinner, dude. I'm so satiated with like Mandalorian stuff, and you're right. You guys are right, dude. The only way that that episode could have had me on the floor writhing in nerdgasm anymore would be some uh, some Crimson Guardsmen in there. I mean, am I over exaggerating, Adam, when I say that like this is probably a like special Star Wars moment that we're gonna remember long ahead in our fandom, dude? Like seriously, this episode and last episode were so good. Like I. This is right in there in my head canon. You know what I mean? Like, this is right in my Star Wars head mm-hmm. right now. You know what I mean? Just like episode four, episode five. You know, I, I, there's very little I remember about episode nine. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's very little <laughs> yeah. I remember about it. That's my own prerogative. You can like it if you want. That's cool. I, it's just not, it's not the story that I, that I wanted She's or even cared about. This is it, man. This is it. This is Star Wars to me, and I'm so fucking excited to talk about it next week. Uh, any last thoughts, Christine? Um, I, I do want to say uh, this is the one thing that has made me happy during quarantine. Like, stupid thing? happy. Well, really? I, I mean, I love you too, but I'm saying like when it comes to like <laughs> Star Wars, it gives me something to look forward to every like you know time a new episode drops. Yeah. Because it is so good, and I think about it for weeks on end, like the last episode I'm not even over yet with Ahsoka Tano showing up, and I'm like, oh my god, like can this show just, it, it makes my soul happy, and yes. I can't wait to see what the next uh, installment's gonna have. Dude, I gotta stop watching before work on Friday. Yeah. I like wake up <laughs> on autopilot uh, super early in the morning, and I've got like at least two hours usually yeah. before my shift starts on Fridays, and I'm like, well, guess I'll watch Mandalorian like a dumbass. I gotta start saving it for after I'm done with work because that way it's like there's some reward after I'm done working other than like being able to log out. I mean, like my my job isn't terrible. It's not by any stretch of the means, but it just it, it wears you down a little bit because you're helping people with issues the whole time. So it's like mm-hmm. I, I deal with nothing but problems all day. Yeah. Like there's very little opportunity for me to like. Hey, somebody called up and they're having, they just wanted to say like, hey, my computer's working great. Thanks thanks for all you guys do. And then hang up. Like, I don't get calls like that. And I also, to add on to that, I love, you know, doing this podcast with you, Adam, and and you too, now Christine and everyone else we've done Mm -hmm. with. But also at the same time, it sucks because I can't call Adam as soon as I'm done watching the fucking episode and just be (laughs) like, like, dude. Just uh, like during the break, you know, you're just like. Dude, shut up. Keep it for the episode. We didn't even talk about what we talked about. It's a break in the episode. Yeah. Which is so like... We're going we're gonna to stop the recording now, and we're going to go talk about this for a couple hours more. <laughs> and uh, if you want to yes. continue the conversation with us, look for Radio Free Galaxy on Facebook. Look for us on Instagram. Uh, go to anchor.fm slash Radio Free Galaxy, and you can leave us a voice message there. Wherever you're listening to us, please leave us a review. Thank you if, for if, joining us, Christine and Adam. Adam, you got something to say? Yeah, um, uh, two things. Uh, one, we're getting quick, close quick. to we're getting close to the end of shopping season for Christmas, so shop fucking local. Yes. All right. So do do your community a solid. Shop local. Keep money local. Absolutely. The other thing is is um, shit. Fucking lost it. What? Yeah, whatever. Must what? not have been that important. All right, all right. May the force fucking be with you, assholes. Always. And we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you.